Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, August 15th. Your boy's back. From vacation, a nice week off. Uh, got in too late Sunday night to record the podcast, so decided we'll punt until today. Hope everybody had a wonderful week. Yes, I read some of your DMs on the gram. No, I did not go on Twitter once all week, except when somebody sent me a link to, hey, here's some news, or look at this Jets highlight, or whatever it was. Um, but uh, good to be off the grid and kind of unplugged, although I was on the gram. You know, uh, if you guys follow me, you know I've got to do the gratuitous, here I am in the water, here I am eating dinner, all that nerdy stuff, and a little flex on the tank top for Rob G, of course, um, and and the 9% female audience that I have on, on the IG. Um, all that being said, I did not watch any sports at all. Uh, I missed Hard Knocks, but I caught up on it quickly once I got back. It's good to be back. I missed two men's league basketball games. We won both of them. We're now the number one seed heading into the playoffs. That's exciting. I know you care deeply. Um, but let's get to what actually was a surprisingly big Monday in sports. Um, I don't know, James Harden calling out Daryl Morey in China two days after Daryl Morey said, ah, we're not trading him, he's good in Philly. That's a big story. But I do want to start with Zeke in the NFL because obviously August is football time. And Ezekiel Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, is off the table. Finally, Zeke Elliott to the New England Patriots on a one-year deal, keyword here, up to $6 million. Up to $6 million. And, of course, we quickly find out the base salary is $3 million for Ezekiel Elliott. And, and I know you're saying, like, whoa, that's a major haircut. So I went and called up, according to Over the Cap, Zeke Elliott last year, 
was paid by the Cowboys $12.4 million. His salary got cut significantly by 75%, 80%. The year before that, 9.6 cash paid by the Cowboys. The year before that, 2020, 19.8 million to Zeke. I know you guys don't really care about the running back market just cratering. But for Zeke Elliott to be making three and up to six with incentives, this might have to be a wake-up call for Zeke and any running back who's like over the age of 26, 27. Like, get paid while you can. I do wonder how this will impact Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Now, Jonathan Taylor, I don't even think we got to talk about that, did we? Uh, the Jim Ursay made some comments, and then Taylor's like, bleep that. Taylor went and met with the GM, then went with the owner. The owner says more comments. Taylor's like, I'm out of here. And he's still on his rookie deal. And it's not looking pretty in Indy. I don't know how they fix that Taylor situation. But it's like when you see Zeke getting $3 million base salary, you got to wonder what's going on at the running, for the running back that are still unemployed. Kareem Hunt. Now, the Patriots running back depth chart is interesting. Because they currently have Ramondre Stevenson, who is a bell cow. Um, he's, he's a good back, uh, as solid as, it, as you can get. But the other guys, according to the depth chart, are Ty Montgomery and Pierre Strong. Ty Montgomery is like a former receiver who was a valuable guy in fantasy football. Uh, I don't even know if you could draft Zeke Elliott. This is a guy in fantasy who was like an early round pick, top 10 pick, top 5, for a while. I, I don't even know if you draft him in the top, like, seven rounds. I mean, maybe if you get Stevenson, you handcuff with, with Zeke. But, folks, look at this depth chart for this Patriots. Like, you're going into battle with this. Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Zeke Elliott, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, and Mike Gusecki. That is as big a poo-poo platter as we've seen in two decades from the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick has lost his damn mind. He is grasping at straws. He went out a couple years back and was like, I'm getting Cam. I'm going to resurrect Cam Newton. Did not quite work out. A year later, they draft Mac Jones. Sayonara, Cam Newton. Now they're just taking a flyer on Zeke Elliott. Like, if you're Robert Kraft, sure. You know Jerry Jones because you guys are billionaire buddies and you're 80-year-old dudes. I get that. The reality is, if you're taking Zeke Elliott here to be your backup running back on the cheap, and you overpaid Juju Smith-Schuster, and you grabbed Mike Gusecki, who could not block me coming off the edge, the New England Patriots right now are in a world of hurt offensively. This is definitely, unequivocally, the worst team in the AFC East. And there's a world where this is a six or seven win team, max, in a stacked AFC. I don't think Zeke Elliott moves the meter at all for this team. I don't think he budges the line for the season opener. Rob G, I, I know people are going to call me a hater. It's crazy how far Zeke has fallen, but this acquisition, to me, is like not significant at all for a team like the Patriots. Well, it's super significant to me, and that's because, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, I am an avid fantasy football player, and Ramondre Stevenson was going to be one of the guys I was going to target in draft. Mm -hmm. I think you can get him you know, after the third or fourth round, you know, so that's a good spot to get a running back if you're going zero RB. You know, maybe we'll do a fantasy segment here before the season started, get friend of the show Matthew Barry on again or something like that. But Ramondre Stevenson, as good, as explosive as he might be, and he showed that last season, he's a very good running back. 
He is not good at the goal line. Two of 12 last year in running attempts at the goal line, which is not good at all. And even though Ezekiel Elliott had conservatively the worst season of his career, arguably the worst season we've seen a starting running back have in recent memory, he does score at the goal line. He, that's one thing he does very, very well. It's one reason why even the most staunch Tony Pollard defenders would say on, on Twitter and YouTube and all these social media sites, like, hey, Pollard's got to be the featured guy, but when we get inside the goal line, it's got to be Zeke because Zeke can just find the end zone. To your point, though, I will say that I think Ezekiel Elliott is doing the right thing here. I know that $3 million with an incentive up to six or whatever, I think it's four up to six, whatever it is, doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot, doesn't seem like a great deal. But when you consider how bad he was last season, him being able to secure the bag, even if it's a small bag, securing the bag before Dalvin Cook, before Kareem Hunt, before this Jonathan Taylor situation gets resolved, I think is a shrewd move by him. Last season, career lows in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing average 3.8. And this is what I mentioned. It could have been the worst regular season running running back that we've seen in recent memories. Could you factor in that he was the starting running back? He wasn't a backup. He wasn't a change of pace guy. He was maybe not featured in terms of total carries, but he was viewed as their starting running back. Finished last in the NFL yards per carry 3.8, last in tackles avoided at 32, and last in percentage of runs that went over 10 yards, which was only 7.4%. He was not good at all. And credit to him for being self-aware enough to realize like, hey, I'm not going to get a double-digit million-dollar deal again. My days as a starting Balcal running back are over. What I can do, and I can do it as good as anybody this side of Derrick Henry, is I can pound the ball in in short yardage, get into the end zone, and I'm a very good in pass protection. Those things are highly valuable in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So kudos to him for being self-aware, taking what's available to him, and not letting his ego get in the way of him getting paid. So Rob, I don't want to act like a Zeke Elliott hater. I don't want to act like he's totally washed, but this just came to me. Zeke Elliott had an awesome run in Dallas. Just an epic career. He's, I'm, well, I don't, I, I mean, I'm probably speaking out of pocket, but on track to maybe be a Hall of Famer? I, I don't know. I, Hall of Fame is real tough. It's funny because my dad listens to the podcast sometimes and was like, you know, this NFL Hall of Fame is very interesting. What are the criteria for the Hall of Fame? And, and then you start looking around, there really isn't anything. And Hall of Fame is very nebulous. Some people get in, others don't. But Rob, I got to ask. I was just thinking of Zeke Elliott and his Cowboys career, which is clearly over. And I'm like, what was his, what was the memorable moment Zeke Elliott has had with the Cowboys? And then you start thinking, okay, well, I don't really think of one. I'm sure Cowboys fans were like, remember that nine-yard touchdown run, that tough one? Eh. The celebrations, jumping into the, um, the, the, the big red, what was that? Salvation Army around, bucket. Yeah. Salvation Army, yeah. Jumping into that, the spoon, feed me, all that stuff. You know, the half, the crop shirt that's so cool. Um, I actually think the most memorable Zeke Elliott highlight, you have to go back to college and remember his Ohio State touchdown run against Alabama, 85 yards. Do you remember that? Because I just pulled it up on YouTube, Rob, and he looks like, oh my gosh, you've got to get this guy in the draft. He is so fast and tough. And remember, Alabama was awesome that year. 
And Zeke just, I mean, unbelievable run. To me, that's the most memorable Zeke Elliott touchdown play that I can recall. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, look, people get so, so recency bias, right? Well, you remember recently from Zeke is he's, pl- he's slow, he's plotting. He, he yeah. doesn't look like he's in the best shape, even though he probably only weighs like 10 pounds more than when he first came in as a rookie, even maybe even that. But to your point, at Ohio State, everybody wanted him. There's a reason why people, no one batted an eye when the Dallas Cowboys took him in the top five. There's, and, and there's a reason why he led the NFL in rush yards per game 2016, 2017, 2018, led the league in rushing outright 2016, 2018. He was phenomenal. But, you know, the way things are in the NFL, especially now, the shelf life for running backs isn't long at all. There's always somebody cheaper, younger, more explosive coming up behind you. So as soon as the wheels start to go a little bit, or in this case, a lot of bit last year was just a bad season. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But as soon as that happens, you're persona non grata and you're kicked to the curb and now you're a punchline. And, and so... I know that what he is now is not what he was before. I just hope that it doesn't cloud people's judgment of him because he was at yeah. one point a fantastic running back. Unbelievable. Um, quick note, uh, Clarence Hill, who's been on the pod, is reporting that this deal was on the table for weeks. And it is interesting, Rob. Again, this is just speculation. I'll be conspiracy theory guy for a minute. Dallas played a preseason game over the weekend. Their rookie Backup running back, Deuce Vaughn, looks spicy. Hitting the hole, making people miss. Spin cycle, he looked good. He's diminutive, and he's a Darren Sproles type guy. I do wonder if in the back of his mind, Zeke was like, man, I just I want to stay in Dallas. I would just love to stay there, even if I got to take less. I don't want to have to uproot and move my family. I just don't want to do that. And I wonder if Zeke thought, let me just... Let me just wait one week of preseason. Let's see what happens. And I just wonder, Rob, and you can laugh, you can snicker, if him and his agent watch Deuce Vaughn Pop be like, yo, Dallas is off the table. We better sign a deal before the Patriots go after Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt, and we just left here not making anything. Let's go secure that bag, get that three mil, and lock in this season. I don't know, Rob, is two conspiracy theorists or no? No, I mean, look, first off, shout out to Deuce Vaughn. Short Kings are back. Thank you. I appreciate you, Deuce Vaughn, <laughs> for putting on for the rest of us. But um, no, I mean, like, y- you have to factor in everything when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. They just gave Zach Martin that 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 raise that got reported on Monday afternoon. He was holding out, and they gave him a, like a $5 million a year raise. And Jerry Jones has been very vocal about wanting to pay Micah Parsons. So it would I wouldn't doubt that he had some kind of offer from Dallas to return and do the same kind of role that he's going to do in New England. Short yardage, hmm. blitz pickup, third down, that kind of stuff. I, I could totally see that. What I don't see is any way where Jerry Jones is like, yeah, I'll give you the three, four million base salary with the, with the incentives up to six. There's no way he was getting that deal in Dallas, given who else they have to pay moving forward. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. 
Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And if one running back move in the AFC East was not enough... My New York Jets went and made a splash grabbing Dalvin Cook, which has been expected for over a week now. When I went on vacation, that's when Cook was visiting the Jets. He ends up signing with the Jets up to $8.6 million. The details aren't as important to me on this one. Obviously, I could make fun of the Patriots and their details. There's a reason. Cook gives the Jets now the best skill position players in the AFC East. That is not up for discussion. It's inarguable. The Bills do not top the Jets in any department except tight end. And even if you want to agree with, uh, disagree with me on Miami, I'll just point this out. So ESPN did an interesting deep dive into the skill position players. Miami had the third best receivers, but at tight end, Miami was dead last, and Miami was 26th in running back. I'm just telling you, I know you guys don't love the Jets' tight ends. Jets came in at 17 at tight end. Jets at wide receiver, 13th. At running back, they were, and this is just one data point, ESPN skill position rankings, they were 14. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, that's definitely top 10. I mean, Dalvin Cook by himself, even if you don't think he's a top five running back, fine, top seven. Like, okay, he's not Nick Chubb. He's not quite Christian McCaffrey. And he's still really, really good. And Brees Hall was on his way to rookie of the year. So the Jets are absolutely loaded. And listen, I, I, I know I'm going to sound silly, but you're talking about the best skill position players in the AFC East. Top five in the NFL for position players, skill position players. They're right there with like the Niners. You're right there with the Eagles. Like the Jets are loaded everywhere. The only way this goes sideways, 
is if Aaron Rodgers has a major injury or cannot stand up straight because the offensive line just keeps getting him killed. But the coaches have now had plenty of time to work with Rodgers, figure out like, hey, skill position guys, talk to Rodgers, see what he likes. He's hanging out with the team. He's not like gallivanting, traveling around and going on ayahuasca trips with his pals. He's locked in in New York. They're filming Hard Knocks. He seems as dialed in as anybody. He seems like a different guy. So you tell me you got a new Rodgers. Let's say Brees Hall comes back after four games. You got a wide receiver room that added, added Alan Lazard and Mecole Hardman. You've got, you've got gadget guys. You can really open up the playbook with Rodgers who can actually throw downfield. It just comes down to the offensive line. And I know you want to keep your powder dry. I said this last week. You save some money for when someone on the offensive line gets hurt and you can go and overpay for some, you know, jo- Jonah Williams, if you have to, from Cincinnati. Um, it sounds like he's not even going to, doesn't even want to play because he's a right tackle. Um, the Jets are in great shape and this is going to put an even bigger target on the back of my favorite sports team to root for. It used to be, you know, the Warriors with Curry and Durant, unbelievable. And the Jets at that time were really horrible. So it's totally understandable. But the Jets are, like, that's my one team that I just shamelessly root for. I know. Why do you like the Jets? Well, I was born in New York. Why didn't you pick the Giants? Well, the Giants have won Super Bowls, and I'm not going to just pick a good team. You know, my 12-year-old son's like, oh, who's good? The Chiefs? Yeah, that's my team. Like, I'm not doing that. And then, why didn't you like the Washington at the time Redskins? That's where you grew up. Well, everybody liked them. I've never been a follow-the-crowd guy. You guys know that in my career, uh, basically in everything. I just never followed the masses. And the Jets are my team. We had a good run with Sanchez there for a couple of years. You know what? I should get Sanchez on the podcast next week. Start the hype train. How's Aaron Rodgers going to deal with the media? How's this going to work out when you got just an, uh, uh, an embarrassment of riches everywhere on this team? This defensive line, I know they had annihilated Carolina in the preseason game, whatever. But like, it appears as if right now, Will McDonald is going to have to fight for playing time early in the season. And he was a very highly thought of uh, pass rusher, 15th pick overall out of Iowa State. Just a massive human being whose job is, hey, uh, Jermaine Johnson's kind of tired, Carl Lawson, JFM, they're all tired. Can you go get the quarterback, Will? It's the fourth quarter. Can we see some speed, some bend off the edge? Like that's, I mean, they are so stacked. And I know this is the fan me getting all excited this is, I mean, <laughs> on offense, this is the most dynamic the Jets will have been probably since they had Keyshawn Johnson and Wayne Krebet, probably since Altoon, Wesley Walker, Freeman McNeil. Yeah, I'm dating myself. Now I sound old. Now I sound like Cowherd reciting 1970s Cincinnati Reds baseball players because I'm rattling off just Jets from the past because, well, you're used to disappointment. At any rate, um, love the move for the Jets. Everybody stay healthy, and let's go get a chip. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. 
or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, let's pivot to the NBA here. And usually don't talk about the NBA in August. But... Given James Harden's colossal failures in the postseason in his NBA career, I feel like the two biggest James Harden moments, I think both happened in August. And Rob, you can check the date on this. But I believe Harden was traded from OKC to Houston in August, way back. And I only remember this because it was such a shock. They had just gone to the finals, I'm pretty sure, against the uh, Heatles. Harden was like the sixth man of the year, whatever it was. And out of the blue, there was no like, hey, trade rumors, Harden maybe trade nothing. It just hit like a comment, like, whoa. And I was stunned. James Harden traded to Houston. Like, wow. I'll never forget that. Like, I don't remember a ton of NBA trades. I remember that one. Pau Gasol going to the Lakers in one of the great heists ever. Um, there's some that you're going to not forget. Chris Paul's trade and then it getting overturned. You know, there's a couple big ones. That Harden one was massive. And now comes arguably the second biggest Harden story in his career. Although you could say some of the, you know, strip club dalliances, um, the jiggle joints, like that may take precedence over this. But Rob, the Rockets came, uh, not sorry, the Rockets, the 76ers came out over the weekend and said, hey, James Harden trade talks are off. We're keeping him. He's going to show up in camp. Period. End of story. I think that was Saturday, according to Woj or whoever reported. Less than 48 hours later, James Harden is in China on a press tour, a camp. I don't know. James Harden's big in China. And decided to pick China, where Daryl Morey obviously has a lot of enemies, but given the tweet that he sent out. James Harden says, Daryl Morey's a liar. I'll never play again. Let me repeat. 
Daryl Morey's a liar. I'll never play there again. Strong statement from Harden. Now, there's no context, and the media did not counter and be like, hey, what do you mean he's a liar? What do you mean James Harden's a liar? Can, can you provide how, how? What did he lie about? When did he lie? Like, there's a lot going on there when you call somebody a liar like that. You know? You go yell fire in a crowded theater, you got to back it up. Is there a fire? You, you, I mean, you can't call somebody a liar without it providing some context. So he did not. But you know who provided context? And this is what's so beautiful is a gentleman by the name of Kyrie Irving. And I didn't see this because, you know, I, I don't ever read the comments on Twitter. But someone sent me this. Woj put out a tweet that said, Disgruntled Harden calls Sixers Pres Mori a liar. Disgruntled Harden. Not 76ers point guard or NBA assist leader. Disgruntled Harden. The, one of the, the, the number one comment on, on, on Twitter is from this point guard named Kyrie Irving. <laughs> is he disgruntled, Adrian? Or is he holding Daryl Morey accountable for his dishonesty and lack of transparency throughout the contract negotiation process this summer? And there's a lot there, Rob. I, I, I know, uh, you know, on this podcast, we've kind of gone after Kyrie a little, me, me, more, me sore, more so than you. But the use of Adrian is a little, like, almost movie-ish. Like, is he disgruntled, Adrian? You know, like, talking down to? And I can see where Kyrie's coming up with the disgruntled. Like, it almost feels like that was planted by the Sixers. Hey, he's angry. Call him that. And it just... I don't feel like this is going to end really well for anyone here, Rob. And I think I'm waiting for the next big shoe to drop. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast. At some point, Joel Embiid is going to have to say, I'm the MVP of this league. This is a clown show. Harden, my guy, I love you. Can you are you really going to, this is what you're doing? Daryl, you screwed him over. Admit it. Can you guys kiss and make up? Like, we need you guys, if we're going to get to the conference finals, something Joel Embiid, it's been elusive for him. Conference finals. Trey Young's been there. Doesn't feel good if you're a Sixers fan today. When I saw the headline and I saw the video, you know, on Twitter early on Monday morning, um, it was one of those situations, like you've seen those memes where it says the worst person you know just made a great point. And it's like, how do you reconcile with that? Like, like James Harden has sabotaged, now this will be his third team in three seasons. You know, we can all remember the nutty professor Professor Klump's fat suit that he wore in Houston to get his way out of town. Where even DeMarcus Cousins, who had been there for like two weeks, was like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like the way he's talking and the way he's acting, he's got to go. You know, uh, he, he asked his way out of Brooklyn, which leads to, you know, what would have been the greatest big three that never was with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. We never actually got to see him play because he left before it happened. And so I, I don't ever really want to defend James Harden in that regard. But him calling Daryl Morey a liar is kind of accurate, right? Like he, he takes a pay cut after the 2022 season and then re-signs for $15 million less than he could have. And the assumption widely around the NBA and anyone who covers sports was he took less now because they yep. promised him a max contract after the 2023 season, he could opt out and re-sign for the max. Obviously that didn't happen according to multiple reports. All they offered him was a two-year deal and the second year was a team option. So that's one. 
And then Daryl Morey doubles down this past summer. James Harden opts into his deal instead of going to free agency because he knows that he can't get the money that he's looking for in free agency. The only team that really had that kind of cap space that was interested was Houston. And according to everyone out there, as soon as Zime Udoka got the job, he's like, nah, we're not signing James Harden. Like, that's a zero. We're not doing that. So he says, I'm going to opt in so I can facilitate a trade. And they don't trade him. So on one hand, yes, James Harden is a jerk who, who kind of deserves all this bad stuff that's happening to him. On the other hand, everything he's saying about Daryl Morey appears to be accurate. People don't even remember back in 2020, Chris Paul went on the record DSPN and said, yeah, Daryl Morey lied to me about trading me to Oklahoma City. He told me two days before, we are absolutely not trading you. So then when he got an alert on his phone that he had been traded, he was shocked because he had just talked to the GM a couple of days before. So Daryl Morey is as shrewd as he is brilliant and as conniving as, you know, the next shysty guy on the round the corner so are they both wrong in this situation like is that possible where both guys are just wrong in this situation that's probably how it's shaking out i would agree with you it's never just one person it's both sides um but if if maury said we will give you that deal and then the season goes on. Harden leads the league in assists. And then Maury says, yeah, we're not giving you that deal. I, like, Maury's more in the wrong than Harden. It's not like Harden didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He played well. He just he won two games for them against Boston. Kind of invisible in the others. But why are we trusting – why would Harden trust executives – to, to make these wink, wink, nudge, nudge deals. Hey, do this now and I'll give you this later. Uh-uh. Get it in writing. Now, I'm sure... Well, that would be illegal if he did that. that would, illegal, that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm sure Harden and, and Maury are like dancing a fine line here about what they can go public with because guess what? Somebody's going to get in trouble if they have to go public. And then the Sixers will probably get Doc lottery picks. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, you, you also mentioned the Houston thing. How much do you think it hurt, James, that the Rockets needed a point guard, they needed to spend money, and they went out like immediately gave it to Fred Van Vliet? That had to sting a little bit. That was like his spot. Houston, that's his city. His picture's like hanging in, in gentlemen's clubs. No, no it's the jersey. It's an actual it hanging jersey from the rafters. It's great. Oh, that's real? Yeah, it's real. It's a real story. I know people who have been to those establishments and they said you can see oh, the really? Harden 13 hanging Did from Rob the Did Rob Parker take pictures when he was in there? No? <laughs> he said he has not been there yet, but that's on his bucket list of establishments just, to visit. You look at the landing spots for Harden, like who's paying him? And so I don't know how this is resolved. Then again, I didn't know how the Saquon Barkley thing would get resolved. Saquon Barkley, totally different human being than uh, James Harden was like, yeah, uh, just give me a little bit more money now, and it's a done deal. Like Harden seems like he's probably wearing out his welcome. You know how you mentioned earlier that Zeke was awesome in his prime? And at the end, you know, it's like Willie Mays playing with the Mets and running around clueless in the outfield, like not knowing what was going on. Like, are you going to remember that? Or are you going to remember his prime? Because it wasn't long ago that I think Katino Mobley came on here. And I remember this because I believe we were recording when my family was on a ski trip and I was not skiing, but I was like in the cabin or whatever. And Katino Mobley said, 
James Harden is as good of a scorer as Michael Jordan. I'm almost certain he said that. And I was like, really? And this was when Harden was like doing his sidestep and all this untouchable stuff where he would get fouled every time in the lane. He was averaging like 35 a game. And Rob, it was just, it was one of those like, wow, Harden was like near the top of the league. And now the Sixers don't want to pay him. There's no market for him. And it's ending really quickly. And it's kind of getting ugly. How many, how many trade requests does he have in like the last three years? At least three. Like Houston, At least get three. me out of here. Yeah. Brooklyn, get me out of here. And now Houston, uh, or now Philly. It's like, I don't know, man. It's disappointing. Uh, I feel bad for Harden because you're right. In his prime, he, the beard could go. He could get you some buckets. Not winning, you in, not winning for you in June because he's not getting to June, but really good October through April, May. Yeah, and that's why I could see why certain teams... The Sixers are a bad example because they don't win in the playoffs anyways. But if you are a team, I hate to you know point it, bring it this way, but like the Lakers, where you say, hey, we just need to get to the playoffs because LeBron is old. Let's not waste mm-hmm. him in the regular season. We need him healthy come June, uh, April, May, and June. James Harden, theoretically, I'm not saying they would do it, but theoretically is like the perfect innings eater in the regular season. He can be the fulcrum of your offense, which he basically was in Philadelphia. He led the league in assists. He was setting up Joel Embiid. He had one of the great underappreciated seasons we've seen in recent memory. But because he's terrible in the postseason, nobody ever remembers it. And if you can get to a team where they have a guy in place who's going to get you to the promise, which is why I thought the Clippers was such a good match for him, because assuming Cage, or excuse me, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard do their load manage in the regular season and they're healthy for the playoffs, they're set up pretty well if James Harden is in the picture. That mm. doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. And unless this, you know, most recent public tantrum pushes Daryl Moore to make that deal, but I, I don't see him doing that at this point. It's interesting. I didn't even realize this, but you, you just mentioned it. he had a sneaky good season, 38% from three, which was a career best on that volume of shots, seven threes a game. Um, I guess the problem is he only averaged 21 a game, and that's what he's been the last two years, when as recently as four years ago, he was 34 points a game, 36. Um, but his shooting was better this year. I guess it helps to play with Joel He Lamine, was good. Huh? He just, he just, yeah, he just went to full James Harden in the playoffs, and that's, you know, unfortunately that also and comes he, with he, it. In that year, he averaged 34 a game when he was unstoppable. He was getting in the line 10 times a game. Now that's down to six times a game. Um, still a good player, but I, yeah, I don't know. Maury clearly feels emboldened to announce something like that on a Saturday, knowing it's going to take off Harden. And he's not going to do that Clippers deal. I, I don't know, man. I, it just it feels like we're, we're at a stalemate, and the big loser here is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's going to show up at camp. He's going to look around and be like, all right, Maxi, let's go. All right, Tobias Harris, let's go, you know? And without James Harden, I don't know, Rob, are they even a top four seed in the East? Let's assume Dame, I don't know, what do we assume with Dame? Let's just say he stays in Portland. Is Philly without Harden top four in the East? In the regular season, maybe. Regular season. But they are first. They're not better than Boston or Milwaukee. But the thing is that that they are one of those teams that always plays well in the regular season. That's just how they are. But now you remove 21 points, lead assists. Right. Less of margin for error with Embiid. Like, Embiid's got to play more. 
he can't be taking random nights off when you don't have James Harden to carry the load. Like, I don't think Maxie's there yet. Rob, I, I don't even know if there's a top six. Okay, let me just let me rattle them off. So Boston's clearly better. Milwaukee's clearly better. I can't say the Heat for now because they lost their starting backcourt and they're looking different. Although Tyler Hero dropped like 45 in, in one of those Pro-Am Summer League games. Right. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know you're excited <laughs> about Tyler Hero. Um, so Boston's better and Milwaukee's better. I, I would take the Knicks. In the regular the season, yeah, for sure. In the regular season. So, so, so now we're, we're at, I think Cleveland with Spider Mitchell, who, by the way, is cooking, guys. Jeez, are you watching these Instagram videos? They're hypnotic. Uh, Donovan Mitchell goes to New York playing in that what, what, Chris Brickley or, uh, game. Yeah. Um, and he's just at the unstoppable. Summit. I mean, yeah. So that, that's four teams. Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, New York. Um, you know I'm bullish on Atlanta, so I'm just going to shove them in there despite what you say. And, and I think Philly's now sixth in the East without James Harden. And are they winning around in the playoffs without him? We'll see. I, TBD? Yeah. I mean, I could see them overperforming in the regular season and getting like a four seed, but getting bounced in the first round without James Harden. I mean, Harden. Nick Nurse is, a, is an upgrade over Doc Rivers, so uh, I think we would agree there. But yeah, like without James Harden, this team's just not very good. Um, I can't believe we milked like 20 minutes out of an NBA topic, Rob. In, it's so easy. In August. That's crazy. So easy talking basketball. Um, so what else did I miss during uh, my break? Anything with Dame? Nothing yet from Dame. But, you know, what's funny is I saw on Monday before we wrap it up, I saw a lot of Miami Heat culture people on social media, you know, both famous in the media and just fans on, in, you know, on social media saying, see, Dame, this is how you do it. James Harden knows how to get out of situations. And until you're willing to go to this level and publicly call out the front office, you're never getting traded to Miami. So they want him to go full James Harden to get traded to Miami. I don't think this is working for Harden. I don't, I don't know, do but it, it is an interesting tactic. It seems to work out for him, at least. It's bold. I can't remember the last time a player called a GM a straight-up liar in, in public. Now, let me ask you, a media insidery stuff, only the, only the T1 listeners care. P1, T1? P1. I always screw that up. P is in P. Paul. P is in Paul. The video was credited to Shams. Did you see that? Right. Well, there's more than one video. So, Oh, I got the idea that Shams was along for the ride on this James Harden thing. Like he's traveling with Harden and his crew. Do you do you get that impression? It's possible. It's totally possible. I mean, you know how this thing works. Like, um, I do. Most of your favorite insiders in any sport, they they don't you know know any more than anybody else. It's they're tied in with the agents, with the managers, and that's how they get their information before everybody else does. Like I've seen the text chains when when teams break news or agents break news they have like an order of guys that they text first they wait like 30 seconds to a minute and then they text a bunch of other guys after like it's not like you know so and so knows more information than anybody else it's that they have these relationships so that they get the information first and then it goes down a tier system that's all so and again i've been out of like the media reporting business for a while now probably eight years but the best way to know what was happening would be just to constantly check in with guys and spitball, right? And you're just guessing at stuff. Uh, I read this awesome piece on, um, uh, awesome quote on vacation about guessing and how it's like 
That's all we're all doing all the time in life. We're just guessing. And it gets you more creative. So if you're texting league executives, players, coaches, and you're just guessing at stuff, not necessarily like who's better or who's going to win, but ideas and thoughts about stuff, that's how you can dig in. And maybe people are a little more revelatory. Um, I remember going to the combine, Rob, and I would just guess at like, man, that guy would be a good fit. And oh, by the way, this coach coached this guy in college two years ago. And, you know, like a third, fourth round, you just spitball stuff like that. And you can get the idea of what may happen down the road. Now, you might not be the first guy they're going to text on that, but you can allude to that guess earlier. And the thing with the NFL is so many people are afraid to go against the shield and the big names, risking getting cutting off access in the NBA there really isn't that fear nobody's shutting you down from anything everybody's got loose lips because everybody wants to pump up their own brand through the reporters hey Rob let me give you this kernel and then two weeks later Rob books you as a guest on a podcast or radio show you know like I'm not saying that happened but Rob you know how how it works and it's just interesting to me you I, I can't recall a time I've ever seen a video that says Shams on it and it's James Harden in China. And I'm like, how does, even if they send him that video, that's not his video. They just send it to him. Someone else's. Now, if he took the video, that's a different story. Now, if he knew that was coming, that's another story. Yeah, that, that is your, your third eyes wide open right now. And I know people might think a little bit conspiracy theorist, but you are probably more right than you are wrong about that whole spiel. Thousand percent. Your guess where Harden ends up? I think he ultimately ends up with the Clippers. Hmm. I'll say he is not on an he's not in an NBA jersey, not playing on the first night of of the season. I think he'll just be holding out. That's my guess. Okay. Unless a B could convince him. I mean, they were hanging out at that white party in the Hamptons, weren't they? They were. Or was Harden not there? Well, no, they were at another party. I think that Harden another missed party. missed an. Uh, no, they were at the white party, but Harden missed like a wedding or something like that. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Embiid had a wedding. Yeah. Um, and Harden wasn't there, and it's like, ooh, where's Harden? Anyways, all right, that's a long, long welcome back from vacation podcast. We got two great guests coming up, back to back. The next couple of days, you're gonna love it. Fantasy gambling, all that. Talk to you tomorrow. From BBC Radio Four. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 6000 I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.